Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott. On this show, we address the challenges faced in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era. Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must have a missional mindset. Christianity does have the answers of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's conversation. Welcome to Christian Curious with Haley Gray Scott and co-host Hannah Greaser, a show where we kind of tackle some of the most important topics of today at the 21st century, a rapidly changing culture. Um, today, we are speaking with author Christy Love. She just wrote a book called God of the Gaps, understanding how faith how to have faith in the midst of waiting. Yes, and I'm super excited about this book because mm. there's just so many gaps and I, I haven't heard it put quite that way. I think, you know, I all of my friends who are young adults, they say that they really struggle with waiting well, like knowing how to wait for the next thing when they feel like they're in this liminal hallway space. And so whether it's like they're waiting to graduate or waiting to land that dream job and figure out when their career is actually going to take off or waiting to find a spouse because Lord forbid they're 24 and haven't met the love of their life yet. There's just a lot of things that I feel like people aren't equipped to have patience with because it hasn't been modeled or talked about. Right. You know, it reminds me of this book that I have for my daughters called, um, Oh, the places you will go. And I remember reading it to my daughter and she was born in 2009 and the economy had just crashed and they have this page about the worst place of all is like the waiting space. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm just sobbing as I'm reading it to her. But, um, you know, you know, I wish I would have had Christy's book at this time to help me with this gap waiting mm -hmm. between not having jobs, you know, after collapse of economy with a little newborn in my lap. Um, Christy, um, you are an author and you're, um, I know you've done ministry for many years and I'd love for the audience to hear a little bit more about you and about your story. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, my, my story is really one series of gap after another. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I often tell people, I mean, I grew up a church kid, kind of the quintessential church kid. Um, but for me, there was always kind of a disconnect between um, the faith that was modeled around me and some of the questions that I had. Um, you know, some of my own experiences and the way that I understood things happening around the world. Um, and I would often ask questions and then be told, oh, no, you know, not right now, not here. Um, and so I, I've struggled with a lot of gaps in my life. I've struggled with a lot of doubts and questions in my faith journey. Um, but ultimately, you know, for me, God kind of led me on a journey of um, I started an international women's organization. Haley, that's where you and I first connected mm -hmm. years and years ago. Um, and so, you know, I did that for about eight years and just absolutely loved the privilege of getting to love women um, and disciple them in their gaps. And one of the things I often discovered and found myself having a conversation um, with women all over the globe was that, A, waiting is consistent, right? We all do that no matter age, culture, language, ethnicity. Um, but I also really discovered that being taught how to wait well was a real area that we lacked in discipleship as part of our faith journey. And that it's often in that waiting place that does bring up a lot of questions, a lot of doubt. God, are you hearing me? Do you see this? Why are you letting this happen? Um, and it's often in that space, the gap that I call it, um, that often kind of molds and shapes what becomes of our faith. 
And um, it was really in a gap journey for me personally um, that was kind of going on in my life behind the scenes during ministry um, that God led me to several things. One of them was writing this book. Um, Another one was planting a church. And so um, I never envisioned myself originally as being a pastor, um, but um, God often has visions that we don't have. And so um, I get the privilege now on a daily basis of leading um, a church made up of gap journeyers is what we often say. You know, Mm -hmm. people that are in seasons of waiting, people that are hurting, people that have experienced gaps and maybe churches um, didn't really embrace those places. And that's one of those places I've really kind of discovered a big passion is for the the church and how we can better love people in their gaps. So it's kind of a little bit about who I am. but yeah, I'm excited to talk about this book and all that has come through it with you guys. Absolutely. So before God of the Gaps was a book, you write in the intro that it was a series of blogs and journal entries that yeah. you just wrote to help you process things. So yeah. I know you said that God led you to share your story, but can you talk a little bit more about the experiences and promptings that led to wanting to share your story on a bigger level? Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't say wanting to share um, at all. (laughs) You know, those experiences with God, right? Like where we cling to something and we're like, listen, I'm a great bargainer. Like I can relate to Moses so much um, because I think sometimes I'm like, no, God, like I'll do this and this, but this piece, like I don't, I don't want to give up this piece. I don't want to, I don't want to trust you in this piece. This one's going to be hard. This one's going to be painful. Um, And that was really the case for me. Um, Writing is often one of the ways that I just process my emotions. Um, And we were going through some big things in our family that had lots of big emotions. Um, And I needed a safe place that I could just kind of unpackage those and, and, you know, dig into that and and correlate that to scripture and use those as prayers um, that I could write out. And um, man, I, I did that for years. And it was one day I just felt like God started to say, you know, this isn't just for you, right? (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I'm not sharing this. You know, like it became it became a real point of um, conversation and also conflict between my heart and God's heart for a while. Why um, did because, you um, Why did you not want to share it? Ah, uh, because I think for me, I think a big part of it, and this is something that I love getting to process with people. Um, I think we live in this Christian culture that often celebrates the happy ending, right? It's like, I went through this thing past tense, and now I'm way past it, and I can declare from the mountaintop that God is good and God is faithful, and life is now pretty and rosy and wonderful again. Um, and I wasn't at the mountaintop. And, and to be honest, I didn't know if we would ever get out of the mountaintop. Um, you know, the struggle that we were enduring was one that changed everything about our family. It changed everything about how we did life. And um, I was really struggling with feeling like, God, I don't know what that looks like to model um, praising you in the midst of things, because that's not something we see often. Right. Um, and, And it had so many messy emotions. And a lot of times, church spaces and faith spaces um, we don't always celebrate or embrace big emotions, especially complicated emotions. I love um, your imagery. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love your imagery of the mountaintop. And yeah. it reminds me of, you know, I've always said that, you know, climbing mountains teaches me so much. And I remember mm-hmm. climbing this mountain in Flagstaff 
Arizona with my husband. It was, it's the tallest mountain in Arizona, and I just wanted to climb it. I had to climb the tallest mountain. I had to finish it, and a storm was coming, and I just had to finish it, and there were all these false summits, and mm. I just felt like, you know, the demoralization and the discouragement that that I felt on that mountain is similar to the demoralization and discouragement I can feel in the midst of life's trials mm-hmm. and yeah. just that waiting period of like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is not the top. I'm not there yet, yeah. you know, and not being able to say joyously, I've finally made right. it. And yeah, would you say that we almost over glorify the summit? Like we, we look at that as a destination, but Absolutely. I would say maybe that's more a culture than what's actually God calls us Absolutely. to value. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we we tend to celebrate, um, like I said, we tend to celebrate the happy ending. You know, we try to treat it like, man, when I get to the other side of this, when I get through this struggle, um, when everything is wonderful and great again, then I will tell this story. Then I will proclaim this story. And so for me, I think there was a lot of deconstruction in myself that God had to do in the wrestling to release and trust him to use my own experiences, my own story, um, my own lessons that he taught me along our gap journey and still in our gap journey. In a lot of ways, I felt like he was kind of saying, I need you to show people that it's okay to talk about what it looks like to worship in the wait, what it looks like to lean into me during the journey, not just celebrating that we got to the other side together. Um, And so I ultimately, um, as I wrestled with him and began this process of like, okay, we're going to share this. Okay, we're going to do this. Like, you know, I'm going to put myself in this place where, you know, old scabs are constantly going to be picked at and pulled at. Um, But recognizing like the faithfulness to do that for myself was going to reflect his faithfulness to be in those hard places with us. And my hope above everything else is that it challenges people um, to not just trust him, but also to like be authentic and to invite people into those spaces, not feel like you have to struggle in the dark by yourself and wait until you get to the mountaintop to say, this is what I've been through. Right. And so we we talked about a a few gaps that people go through in life, but Mm. just for clarity's sake and maybe to highlight some parts of your own journey, what is a gap and what are some common gaps that people go through, you know, during their lives? Yeah, I mean, you know, really there's gaps embedded in everything and in every season. You know, I'm going through a gap right now of having a graduate and like releasing my children into the world and what that looks like. Um, And the gap between, you know, my house and what things are going to look like one day for them as they start to go on their own life journey. Um, There's gaps that come in illness, right, between diagnosis and treatment, the gaps between, you know, knowing that something is wrong and knowing that it can be cured or it can be dealt with or what needs to happen or the recovery that we're going to be on. There's financial gaps between a lost job or a lost source of income and knowing how God's going to provide or what that journey is going to look like or, you know, how we're going to be cared for and be able to keep all the things that we need to keep to protect ourselves and, and take care of our families. There's faith gaps. You know, places where I'm wrestling with a big doubt or a hard question and and I can look and define my life around like, man, before I wrestled with that and after I wrestled through that theology. 
there's all kinds of different gaps that we go through in our life. And really, we're always in some sort of gap. And I think that's one of the things, too, that I want people to understand is gaps don't always have to be, you know, these enormous life-changing events, that there are subtle gaps that are embedded in our day-to-day existence all the time that we're learning to embrace those in-between spaces. Yeah, and I think that the God of the Gaps concept also helps people who's who may be doubting in faith, you know, that, yeah. you know, that they may be thinking, oh, well, that they get to a spot and they don't see the other side. I mean, I a few months ago, Christy, I had the privilege of interviewing female leaders for an article that I was writing for Christianity Today. And I had a discussion with um, the Bible teacher, Kay Arthur of Precept Ministries. And, you know, it was just sort of an off the cuff conversation we had about, you know, just enough light for the step that I'm on. And I was explaining to her how much I dislike that. You know, Mm -hmm. I want the whole map. Mm -hmm. I want exactly to know where I'm going to be 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I want it all mapped out. I want everything to be um, super secure, super sure. And that's just not the way God has set up my life. Right. And I like that you expressed your disdain with that because I do think it's become kind of Christianese just to be like, Mm -hmm. trust God, but not unpacking that at all during times that are hard or times Mm -hmm. that there are gaps because we know we're not supposed to Mm -hmm. feel bad. (laughs) Like, you know, we're supposed to love God at all times and just have peace. And there's just all of these outcomes that we want to have emotionally that just aren't that easy that we slap a trust God on and don't actually figure out. And I guess that would be a gap for me because I Mm -hmm. absolutely do not like not having more light for more for one step. I would like to have the whole thing and getting to that place of peace is a gap. So me working through my distrust to a place of peace and a place of faith where I'm like, okay, God, I will trust you, whatever you will do with my life. um, Even if I don't like it. Mm-hmm. but having that peace. Well, and I think too, you know, one of the, one of the big themes that I address in God of the Gaps is that theme of trust and talking about the difference between faith and trust, I think is such a critical conversation for believers to understand because it is one thing for us to have faith that God exists, to have faith that, you know, the Bible is God's direction and word and love letter to us that, you know, Jesus did come and, die on the cross and be resurrected again and he lives in heaven like those are faith pieces but when we have to take that faith and translate it into trust and into how we live out our life and make out our decisions and the relationships we have and the places that we are blind and don't have light and don't know how things are going to work out and understanding that there is an inherent tension to trust and that we need to embrace that tension sometimes i think we resist the tension um because they should be comfortable and, you know, cozy. And in reality, tension is inherent in trust, and we are called to trust with every step. And so there's always going to be this battle. And so sometimes it's recognizing that my gap journey has to be walked out one step at a time, and each of those steps are going to be a step that's full of tension, and that's not necessarily an easy thing for us to do at all. But again, it goes back to that issue of discipleship and expectation. If we don't have an expectation that there's going to be tension, 
sometimes we see that as a negative thing rather than part of God's beautiful growing process with us. That's a great point. You know, on another episode of this show, uh, um, Julie Burns, um, a woman from my church at West Bowles Community Church in Littleton, Colorado, um, she shared how her perception of God in college was one of which she felt like if she wasn't suffering, then God wasn't pleased with her. And in your book, you talk about um, the perfection perception, Mm -hmm. um, the false belief that good things should happen. Only good things should happen to good people. Mm -hmm. Like if you're doing all the right things all the time, that only good things should happen to you. Um, Mm -hmm. I I should say that my personal opinion is that anyone who believes that has never read the book of Job. But um, (laughs) how do you think that this idea, which is, Mm -hmm. it's an equal and opposite error from the one of thinking that God wants you to suffer. How do you think Mm -hmm. that perfection perception is harmful to Christians? You've talked a little bit about that, but I'd love for you to talk about it more. Yeah, I mean, it just, it undermines so many components of what I believe is the authentic way that God often moves in our lives. You know, God moves in the messy. God moves in the hard. He moves in the uncertain. And I think when we have this perfection perception of like, you know, and I talk a lot about oftentimes we have we have taken so many pieces of like the American dream and we've grafted them onto the gospel to mm-hmm. say that, you know, if you're if you're a good believer, if you have good, strong faith, then good things are gonna happen to you. You're gonna have you're gonna own a home with a white picket fence and drive a hybrid car with a cute little dog and, you know, two point seven children. And like <laughs> we act like that is the derivative of obedience and discipleship. And Anything less than that, we often look at as a lack of faith. But when we we really dig into that, that's nowhere in Scripture. And we often see, like you talked about Job, but we see prophet after prophet, disciple after disciple, that God moved and taught them and led them through struggles and in struggles and in the hard pieces and in lack much more than he ever did in comfort and complacency. Right. You know, I've often spoke, you know, I've worked for years uh, with the Young Adult Initiative at Denver Seminary, and I've said of millennials, you know, the millennials used to get the bad rap of saying, oh, you got the participation trophy. And yes, it is true. They got the participation trophy, but they were also told you do all the right things. You go to college. You know, yeah, it's fine. Take that those student le- student loans. It'll be fine because when you get your college education, everything will be fine. You'll get a job. You'll get a house. You'll be able to pay off your student loans. You'll have some kids. You'll have that white picket fence. And then, boom, they graduate in 2008. And guess what? They, they can't find jobs. And even to this day, many of them are working two three four jobs hannah how many jobs do you have at the moment oh listen now i only have two Mm -hmm. it was three and a half but Mm -hmm. god is good (laughs) (laughs) anyways but two but i yeah it it's not easy and i think if we if we monitored good that if we monitored people by the perfection perception, like good things only happen to good people, that means Jesus mm-hmm. was a horrible person. Right. <laughs> you know, because I mm-hmm. can't think of, I don't know, a lot of bad things mm-hmm. in our sense of the word bad happened to him. But kind of, play, you know, spinning off of you, Haley, talking about the struggles that people now have when they graduate 
college or even Christy, you have a, a, a child who's about to graduate high school, you said, mm-hmm. um, there is that gap, like a lot of dreams and expectations that take time mm-hmm. to come to fruition. So even, you know, thinking about your own child, having them in mind, what advice do you have for how young adults mm-hmm. can wait well during the in-between times? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things, and this is something I really try to challenge my own kids and, you know, kids I get a privilege to mentor and students I get to work with, you know, try to navigate the gap between what is someone else's expectation for your life, what is your desire for your life, and what is God's plan for your life. Like, that chasm (laughs) of you know, what What do people expect me to do with my life? What do I want to do? But what is ultimately God calling me to do? Um, I think that is a gap that has to be walked. There's a lot of tension there. There's a lot of hard questions. Um, there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable questions, because I know for me, there was a lot of expectation for things I was going to do with my life. Um, but they were things that necessarily didn't interest me, which led me to have to have some of those hard conversations with family members or friends who said, oh, but you'd be such a great elementary teacher. And I say, that's not what I feel called to do. That's not what I'm interested in doing. So I'm going to pursue some of these things. And then there was a tension between what I was pursuing and ultimately what God wanted me to do. And so, um, you know, embrace those places, pay attention to those, be be mindful of the unique way that God has gifted you and created you. And even if those unique things that he has placed on your heart, those abilities he's given you, put you at tension with people in your world, um, don't run away from that just for the sake of being comfortable. Don't avoid hard conversations um, and maybe sacrifice what you are doing, what you could be doing with just what someone expects you to do. Um, be brave and be bold in those spaces because I think God can do great and amazing things when you steward that gap really well. Yeah, I absolutely love those three questions that you posed and just a little testimony of that. Um, my youngest sister, who is a, she was a sophomore in college, lived her whole life with that thinking there was this huge expectation to be great at academics mm-hmm. and to go get a, co- a job that required a college degree. And when she realized that her skill set was, you know, she loved to do hair and makeup and loved mm-hmm. to be around people in that way. And she learned very hands on. She just made the leap to take an apprenticeship at a salon. And I've never seen somebody more, a more night and day transfer transformation of just freedom and knowing that, you know, what the world asks of you is not mm-hmm most of the time what God asks of you or even equips you to do. And so just the freedom and doing what you love without, Mm -hmm. you know, and just walking through that gap, right? Asking those questions. And so shout out to her because she has made the leap and it does bring so much joy. Well, you know, and I, as a mother of, you know, my my children are still young. I mean, 12 and nine, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I've always had their future in my mind. I mean, I've always thought of them as, as my letters to a world that I'm not going to get to see. And, Mm -hmm. and so I've always, I remember when Ellie was born and my first moment, I mean, it was a long arduous story that I'm not going to share on air, but um, of her birth. But um, my very first opportunity to hold her by myself was my husband was going to fill out the birth certificate and I was holding her. It was the day after she was born and I was sobbing and this nurse came into my room and she said, um, she said, are you okay, ma'am? Are you okay? And 
I said, I looked at her. I said, I'm fine. It's just that this baby's not mine. And she looked at me like, oh, no, do I need to go get the <laughs> mental health person? And um, I said, no, this is God's baby. She's not my baby. You know, no matter what my plans for her, whatever I would like for her life, ultimately, she's God's child. And I have to open, like hold her and Vivian both open with open hands and say, God, you know, use these people as you will and help me to be the mother that um, helps them to follow in your will and to not push upon them those expectations. So important. Yeah. Yeah. Parenting is such a huge gap and it has so many lessons in it from, from exactly that, from the moment that they first enter our world until you know, they go out on their own and then that gap changes, but it's still there. Um, I think God teaches us so much about what it looks like to release and trust and, and trust in his ways being higher than ours in, in parenting and caregiving roles almost more than any other places. Right. You know, Christy, as we come to a close, um, where can people who might find themselves in some season of waiting in some period of a gap, where could they find your book? Yeah, so the best way to connect with us and all the different things that you can connect to for God of the Gaps is just simply at godofthegaps.org. Um, and so we've got a website set up there, um, can connect you to um, my Facebook page as a writer. Also, we've got a private Facebook group for Gap Travelers where we just share like daily inspiration and thoughts. Um, there's information on starting Gap groups in your community, Spotify playlist of just music that kind of minister in those seasons of waiting. So there's all kinds of pieces and components woven into that website. So I would just invite you to hop over there and get connected. That's amazing. You have committed to the cause. <laughs> Absolutely. Building communities around the gap. That's really my heart. Christy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, God bless you and God bless you listeners. If you at any time would like to reach out with your questions or comments, just visit us online at www.christiancurious.co. That's www.christiancurious.co. Stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious. You can contact Dr. Haley at Haley, H-A-L-E-E, at christiancurious.co. That's H-A-L-E-E at ChristianCurious.co. Catch all the episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also learn more at www.ChristianCurious.co.